0: Chris will deal with it focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. Episode 25, A Forest of Decision Trees. First, an AI statement. All elements of this episode are products of the author, Chris Kreuter, made without any use of AI tools. I recently caught up with a friend coping with the aftermath of a difficult situation. We got to talking about decision trees as a model for the complexity of that situation. It helps to frame the challenges faced and provide deeper context to the end result. On today's episode, I'm expanding my thoughts on this mental model in the context of past events, potential future ones, and the handling of projects and processes. There are lots of places where a decision tree model can aid us, but on today's episode, I want to focus on these three. One, past events, two, potential opportunities, and three, projects and processes. So let's jump right into number one, past events. So after an event has occurred, it's natural to revisit decisions that were made to explore other potential outcomes. This can often result in critical learnings that are going to help us perform better in future situations but there is a flip side where you can get stuck in this spiral of woulda coulda shouldas there's a wide variety of situations that can use this model a couple of examples here an after action report from a project performed in the field it could be navigating the advocacy for a family member going through a difficult medical issue it could be doing a root cause analysis for a business outcome typically this will get applied for negative issues that need resolution but you could use the same logic to get to the reasons some processes or technique worked. Even the very name, root cause analysis, does lend itself to the metaphor of today's episode. So you want to consider viewing all of the potential outcomes as the leaves at the ends of the various branches of this decision tree. The outcomes might be binary, A or B, or extremely complex with hundreds of different permutations or scales of success and defeat. And the base of our tree becomes the inciting event. The start of our path along the decision process. Consider how the tree was seeded. What environment caused the tree to sprout in the first place? Was it under your control or not? What decisions in the short and long term affected the shape of that tree? For example, what branches were available to you as you approached the base? You also want to consider how you climbed the decision tree. Was the weather clear, allowing you to see the entire tree? Or was your view limited to only what was right in front of your face? Did you have the energy and grip to climb properly? For example, were you sleep deprived, distracted by other issues going on in your life, or did fear hold you back from going out on a limb? It could be that some combination of fear, time pressure, and external forces put you out on that limb before you even could choose to go out there. Did you navigate the tree by going with the grain? Did you stick to policies, procedures, or default advice by trusted experts, or your own habitual patterns? Furthermore, did you stick to the larger, sturdier, less risky branches for longer or shorter than you should have? And you also want to consider the actions, influences, and environment from the outside, which affected your ability to navigate those decisions. Did other people lob off branches, preventing you from ever accessing the potential results along those branches? Were there intermediate decision gates that had to occur before you could make progress? This could be the approval of a project deliverable, test results or specific resources that became available? Did sudden events or storms knock off branches, leaving you with fewer options? You wanna consider the possible outcomes. It's likely you'll be unable to truly know the options on branches down paths you didn't or couldn't explore. But of those you can see or infer as possible outcomes, was there one optimal solution? Were there multiple suitable solutions? Were there no good results? A few results that are less bad than the others? You can't underestimate the importance of evaluating the possible solutions of the decision tree before you can judge your navigation of it. For some people, there is a sensational desire to fix or solve for X. They're gonna leave no stone unturned in their quest to understand the optimized path along that tree, uh, finding the best possible solution, or, and could lead to chastise themselves for not finding it. But there are cases where this is impossible. That's a loss of control. It can make us feel a wide range of emotions, anxiety, anger, frustration, but it can also help us build empathy for others who are facing similar challenging trees. And why is this exercise helpful after the fact? It can help you come to terms with your own decision making. Done regularly, you can begin to see patterns of thought and or action, which is great feedback that can help you start modifying your behaviors or approaches for more successful outcomes in the future. To put it another way, and I'm admittedly abusing my metaphor using this idiom, doing this can help you see the forest for the trees. Where can you better see and understand a situation in its entirety without being preoccupied with the lesser details? So let's shift over to number two potential opportunities. In this case, the model of the decision tree helps us to understand how we plan to react to specific situations or opportunities. I'm going to give two examples. One is when you're faced with an employment opportunity. What are the main branches you use to decide if it's worth pursuing? Location, impact on family, salary, commute. Along those branches, what lesser decisions get made to put you in an optimal position to choose? It could be 401k benefits. It could be the manager you'd be working with. Another example, learning from others' experiences. When you're hearing someone else's experience, do you ask yourself what you would have done if faced in a similar situation? Are there key takeaways, lessons learned, or preventative actions that you can absorb now so you're better able to face similar situations in the future? Decision trees, like all trees, should be kept in an optimal health whenever possible. Overgrowth has a negative impact on both the tree and those affected by it, making it harder to navigate the tree when the time comes. If it gets overgrown, it can cast too much shade on those around you, which is especially important if they're to follow or aid you. And you wanna remain vigilant of people Andor or situations who can poison or destroy branches or even the entire tree. And all this is the lead to the concept of pruning. Pruning can be helpful because it creates better conditions for long-term growth. It simplifies the possible paths, our navigation of them, and it's a conscious act that when done regularly, helps us to remain clear on our principles, strategies, and goals. We're left with decision trees that are shaped to our core beliefs, talents, and preferences and it puts us in a much better position to give aid to those who call on us for help. Yet there's always gonna remain elements of organic growth and unpredictable storms of life, which create a need for repeated pruning with new perspectives. So with this concept of pruning in mind, I wanna look at the idea of decision trees aiding us in projects and processes. So in this third part, I want you to consider the key elements of a successful or failed project or process. It's good to define all foreseeable successful outcomes, all the negative outcomes that are possible, what path or paths will most likely lead to or avoid each of those outcomes. Now, which branches on this tree are weak, but they're important? They're going to need shoring up so they can support the weight that you're going to be putting on them. But what branches are weak and distracting? Can the decision tree be pruned to help you and or your team avoid that path? How well-defined are the parameters of your decision tree? Are decisions well-defined, well-pruned? The side note here, I'm going to use decisions, but other terms for this could be stages, gates, deliverables, review points, phases, et cetera. For projects and processes, these nodes are mostly places where a branching occurs in your tree, i.e. a decision is made. So going back to the parameters of our decision tree, what quantity of decisions make up your tree? How complex is it? Are there gaps in your understanding of the environment, organizations, or your team's abilities that cloud your navigating abilities? Are there opportunities to affect root causes, which can create better outcomes more reliably? And what tools and assistance are you going to need to properly navigate your project or process? Now, also consider the variation possible within those parameters. How much detail and or patience is required to properly prune it? How much time do you have to prune? Is it an urgent project where you might have to rely on instinct and discernment to recklessly climb to the best outcome you can, really going out on a limb? Or do you have the time to prune diligently, prepare, ensure a greater probability of success and or repeatability of results? How strong do your tools, techniques, and or organizational authority need to be to prune that decision tree? And you also have to have the perspective to take the entire tree into context to ensure you're not pruning leads to the best long-term health of not just the tree, but the company and the environment of those who rely on it. To prune all this down to a simpler statement, are you right-sizing your decision processes to the scope and complexity of the project or process? So I'm going to close by illustrating this with a quick exploration of three different types of trees related to an organizational process. First, the bonsai. It's small in stature, but requires a finely honed touch for proper care. It needs diligence, skill, and patience for it to continue to function to its full potential. This is a really good analogy for evolving processes over time. You start with a basic shape in mind, and you methodically prune it into that desired shape. But it takes regular attention with small, measured tweaks that result in a well honed process that tightly aligns with your vision. Contrast that with the sequoia. These are massive behemoths that have preceded our tenure with the organization or project and are likely going to go on far after we've left. Underneath the surface, these massive systems can form interconnected systems. And there are some branches, but the trees are mostly trunk. They're very efficient processes that can help you rise high above other trees. They have a repeatability and predictability that's comforting. It's a straight climb to the top with few options to branch off and explore new alternatives. Also, you can't cut them down or even prune them without a public outcry or assigned authority, which is very hard to get. So I liken this to a massive organization that has defined processes, what we might call red tape. And third example here would be the live oak. An oak will cover a wide breadth with its plentiful, complex series of branches. The tree looks very different from different angles. They're usually left to grow on their own, unpruned. That growth is a function of not just its own DNA, but its environment and the actions of those who have been interacting with it for all these hundreds of years. Each tree evolves in a unique way. And the key for a tree like this to grow big is balance. Its branches can't pull the tree too far to one side, or it'll collapse or get knocked over easier in a storm. Diversifying the branches around the tree help to support the entire organism. I mean organization. So once you find that right branch, it's possible to spend lots of time on it. The tree's wide structure allows for a diversity of opinions, independent research, and unique solutions to evolve. Now, you can put that tire swing on the tree, and kids can enjoy it for years and years and years without affecting the other functions of the tree. Now, a live oak tree can look very confusing, even crazy to an outsider. Coming in from outside, it can be tempting to come in and aggressively prune that tree, making it easier to understand and more streamlined. But when you do that, the magic of that tree is often lost. I'd like to close today's episode with a quote from chapter four of the book, The Extended Mind by Annie M. Paul. Nature has the capacity to awe, making us feel smaller and to expand our concept of possibility, in direct contrast to viewing the world through the lens of a phone. Thanks and have a great day. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriskreuter.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources for today's episode. Sign up for the CDWI mailing list or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's chriskreuter.com or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Chris will deal with it.